great to be back at uh, Hope Church. And um, if you're watching online or through the recording, it's great to have you with us today. Uh, I, was, I was just thinking, you know, people always ask me, uh, how are you? Everything okay? You, you health? You know, yeah. At my age, they do that. I, I say, I'm in the wonder years. It's great to be in the wonder years. You wonder where your phone went. You wonder where your car keys went. You wonder where you've left the car. You, you, you know, anyway, that's by the by. It's, it, it really is good to be, to be with you today. Let me say something nice about Craig and Becky, okay? Uh, <clears throat> somebody asked me recently, um, would you ever consider becoming a, a local church minister again? And as, as a nanosecond, I said, absolutely not. I, I, I couldn't do it. I don't have the emotional energy for it. I don't have the anointing for it. I, don't, I, 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 I did it, and it was fantastic. But I, I, don't, I think most people don't realize what it costs you to lead a church. And I, people used to say to me, and they were being nice, but they said, I know you're very busy, but what do you do all day? <laughs> they, they really did say that. They used to say that to you. Because you assume that we, I don't know what people assume, but, but to prepare a message, uh, honestly, as soon as you finish the first one, your mind switches on and you work at it and you think about it and you pull it apart. And one of the things that you're blessed with is a wonderful preacher and a teacher of the word of God. And honestly, it's a rare thing today. And, you know, Craig doesn't wake up on a Sunday morning and go, I wonder what I'll, wonder what I'll talk about today. Actually, it takes hours and hours and hours of pouring into the scriptures and getting the books out and seeking God. And I couldn't do it. What I do is easy, to be honest with you. I'm an itinerant preacher these days. You carry a couple of messages around with you. you tell, and you tell all your best stories and jokes and everybody loves you and said, wow, would it be great to have him as your minister? <laughs> but seriously, I... The, the, being a, so I'm going on about this, but it's really important. Being a local church minister, you have to think up new stuff all the time. Uh, and, and it has to be fresh every week. It's so difficult. And nobody understands what the lead couple carry. It's a spiritual, emotional weight. And, and nobody really understands it. And, I don't, and that, that's not to put anybody down. It's just to say, would you pray for them? Would you support them? Uh, would you honor them? And, uh, and, and keep on going. Craig, keep on going. Okay, thank you so much. Let's give a wave. Thank you. I've, I've, uh, I, again, whenever you're a local church pastor, you know, if you're in a series, you just do the next passage, don't you? That's what, yeah, and you have to do it. If it's Leviticus or Romans, you just have to get something from it. I don't have to do that. I get to pick all the best passages. And, and so every talk that I now give as an itinerant, uh, there's a context to it. In other words, it came out of something that has happened to me, you know, either this year or recently. And, and this one's the same. And I've, I've called it the problem with faith, the, the problem with faith. And I, I want to I encourage you today and hope that hopefully it'll build your faith as opposed to doing anything else. So we're going to read in Hebrews chapter 11 uh, from verse 1 to 6 and then, and then a couple of chapters back. Uh, it says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand the un that the universe was formed at God's command. So what is seen was not made out of what was visible. 
By faith, Abraham, uh, uh, sorry, Abel brought, uh, do you know something? I can't say that. That's where the problem is. <laughs> By faith, there you go. By faith, Abel uh, brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so that when he did not experience death, so that he did not experience death, he could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as the one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And then in chapter 6, just one verse to, to, to pick something up. I'll refer to it later. Uh, verse 12. Uh, and we do not want you, here we go. And we do not want you to become uh, lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherited what has been promised. Uh, the, the context of this happened, uh, and, and I'll, I'll give it to you. We, there was a conference up, new conference in Newcastle. In June, it was a, a weekend. Uh, Emmanuel ran it on uh, Lagan Valley Vineyard, and uh, we were we had been away, and we, we went up for the Sunday morning, and we took uh, our six-year-old granddaughter with us, Ada, and uh, her parents wouldn't be wouldn't take any profession. Well, well her, her daddy wouldn't take it, wouldn't profess to be a Christian, and uh, uh, when we were praising the Lord, she she took Priscilla and she said, Granny. Do you believe this? And Priscilla said, yeah, I really do. So she went, okay. And then a couple of minutes later, she said, why? So Priscilla then went, and she looked down the, she looked down the row, and there was a couple from CFC whose little boy had nearly died at birth. They'd said, there's no chance of, uh, uh, no chance of, um, of living. In fact, he was, his baby, he was dedicated last Sunday in CFC, and they told this wonderful testimony how God had healed him, and what a wonder. It was absolutely, I wasn't there, but Priscilla said it was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and, and Ada I kept quiet for a minute. Now, she just heard about this, but 10 years ago, one of our daughters had a little boy who was stillborn. Uh, really painful. He would have been 10 next May. And she just heard about it. And she said to Priscilla, if God would heal that wee boy, why did he not heal Jude? It's a good question, isn't it? A very good question. And, and, and I, I suppose it sparked me thinking that there's some questions that we have to answer. Because Priscilla's answer was, I have no idea. I don't know. And it was pretty stark. It took me back to uh, 35, this is, there is a reason, I'm leading into this, there, there is a reason for this, but 35, it took me back 35 years ago when in CFC we were in, really in our infancy and we, um, uh, one of our young men uh, got cancer. And it was the first time we'd ever experienced this. And our, you know, it never happened before because we were all young. Even I was young in those days. We were really, we, we never experienced before. And uh, so it was, uh, I, he, he was married in May and then uh, started to develop the symptoms. So it was stomach and esophagus cancer. So, uh, you know, it was, it was bad. He was 28 at the time. And, and we prayed. So it was a young church. You know, we gathered the church together and we prayed and we, we fasted and we prayed and we fasted. And we fasted, 
and we prayed. And one day, um, two, two guys out of the church, you know, in those days, young men and great guys, and they said, look, we believe God has spoken that Bill's going to be healed. And I said, well, that's fantastic. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll keep on praying. They said, no, no. The way, he, the way it'll come about is that you will have to announce it publicly and declare it. And I said, well, there's only two things wrong with that. Number one, God hasn't said that to me. And number two, I said, in spite of our prayers, I have to, alongside that, prepare the church for Bill's death. And a week later, he died. And actually, as a church, we, something, something happened to us. We, we grew up, and we realized that in churches like ours, you pray for the sick, and you bury the dead. It's, it's just the way life is. And, and I, I suppose uh, somebody then said to me, um, this is a long introduction, but it's a short talk, okay? Uh, but it's a... It's, Somebody once then said to me, literally before his funeral, if we maybe if we had had more faith, he would have been healed. Wow. And of course, I've, I I thought, wow, that's a very good that's a good question. And it was that that all those years ago, coupled with what Ada said, my granddaughter, brought me back to the whole issue of faith. And and I think sometimes we we get slightly confused about the whole issue of faith. I, I call it the myth of more faith. And I want to give you some things that, some reasons that happen, why, why we don't see miracles happen and why we don't see things happen and, and, and why we do. So that's where, that's where I'm going with this here. Number one is this, very simply, maybe God never gave a specific word of faith. I think we've got to be really careful when we say we've got, God, we've got God's word on how things will work out, because our faith is generally obtained by a revelation of the nature of God and not his particular plans. Now, what, what I mean by that is this. We, I, for instance, let me talk about finance. We believe that God is our provider, but we rarely get a word about the specific way uh, uh, that provision will come to us. When God says he is our provider, we can rest on that, but we dare not determine the means of the provision. And so uh, what I found over the years when I was in business many years ago, when things were, when things were really tight, uh, you know, God was still my, still my provider, but the, the, the funds came from different places. And, and I don't determine the means, but I know the source is God. And actually, it's the same with healing. I think sometimes, and I want to be careful about this, sometimes we attach the word faith to what we hope will happen. But actually, whenever God gives you a word of faith, it's something that you can stand on with absolute clarity and absolute certainty. For instance, how do I know I'm saved? Because many years ago, Somebody preached on the verse, Romans 10 and 9. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I believe that. Why? Why do I believe it? Because God's word said it. And I stand in that today and I have nothing else to gain my forgiveness, my salvation, my entrance into glory other than the fact that all those years ago, 
I stand on the word that God gave me and on the faithfulness of God. It was a specific, uh, particular word, (laughs) specific word, Uh, uh, and God God put it in my heart. I think sometimes, and I I, I, I don't want to to, to, um, upset anybody here today, but, but I do feel that sometimes we simply attach the word we, we're, we're going to do this and we have faith that it's going to happen. The reality is that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if God promises something, you can stand on it because God cannot lie and he will do what he has promised. It's just that we attach the word faith to which something that God often never said. So when it doesn't work out the way we think it should, actually neither God nor faith failed us. That's impossible. What actually happened was that what we hoped for failed not faith and not God. And, and, and I, I think it's important that sometimes, you know, for those under the cosh, when something like this happens, the temptation is to go and say, well, God, we believed you and you said you would do it, but actually he never did. We just hoped it would happen. And it's a, it's a good hope. And it's okay to keep on praying, but there's a world of difference in praying for something that you hope will happen and praying, standing on a word that God has given you. Because when that happens, you cannot be shaken, and God will, God will do it in his time and not yours. So my testimony is this, that, that God is faithful and true in every time of trouble. And today, if God gave you a specific word of faith about something, please, it will come to pass. Why? Because God cannot lie. And God is true, and God is good. Were those young men wrong about Bill? Well, apparently they were, actually. You say, well, that's a terrible thing to say. The reality is that God often comes through at one minute to midnight, but sometimes it's 1.30, and you have to go to plan B. And God's, it's okay, because God will take you through plan B as well. So, so the first thing about faith is, is that understanding it, that if God says it, he will do it. It's just often, sometimes, shall we say, that whenever we attach the word faith to it, actually, it, it didn't happen. So please, don't be disappointed in God. Because God can't fail. God's good and kind all the time. Number two, number two, it hasn't failed. It's just the time hasn't come. Think sometimes, is that what it says? That what we said in Hebrews chapter uh, 6 there. Uh, we don't get lazy, he says. Keep on going. You know, press on into it. Why? Because we inherit the promises of God through faith and patience. And, and, and I, I always think of Abraham, you know, by faith it says, uh, when God tested him, Abraham, by, when God tested him, he offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Uh, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, he did, he did receive him back from the dead. Because here's what happens. Faith is usually tested. When Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, what does the Lord say? Now I see that you believe God. Does God not see everything? Does he not know the heart? But, but, but faith is tested. And sometimes when we hear God's word in something, it takes longer than we expect. And we have to find that there's a test there. Uh, There's a famine test. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. 
And you find that with life, don't you? You kind of think, well, God's spoken to us, we're going to do that. And you find yourself going in the opposite direction. You say, well, that's absolutely crazy. But that's sometimes what happens. And then sometimes there's a funeral test, I call it. The dream must die and faith moves to a higher level. I, I, I find when I get excited and God speaks to me, I, I add two and two and get 79. There's a famous story around CFC, and I, I tell it because it makes me look really bad. But about, uh, about 30 years ago, I did this um, you know, vision for the future. And I, I, I've probably told this here before, but and I put up on it that by the year 2010, we would plant 400 churches in CFC. And, and you know, somebody said to him, said, that's amazing, Paul. And he said, he said to me, that means that Jesus isn't coming back until at least 2010. <laughs> I thought, oh, 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 goodness. Ouch. And he said, how did you get that number? And I didn't have the heart to tell him. I was in the shower and had hair in those days. And I was washing my hair with, four, with VO400. And, 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 and I got this number 400 in my brain. And, and the reality was, you know, it was complete poppycock. Here's the, here's the point. Actually, if I had said in my generation, in my lifetime, God is going to plant hundreds of new churches in Ireland, I would have got it right. But I added to it. And actually, I was, I was, you know, I was down speaking in Limerick uh, recently, Priscilla and I, and I used to go to this little church. And for years, 35 years ago, there were 30 people, you know, 25 people, back to 30 again, 400 there on Sunday, and new churches all over the south of Ireland. God's at, God's at work. If I had just settled on the fact that God's going to plant churches, and it doesn't matter who's doing them, CFC might do a few, but everybody's plant. This church was one of those ones that I could have prophesied. If I had just kept it there, I'd be looking at it. People have called me a prophet now. <laughs> Instead of, instead of they're going, <laughs> remember you said 400? I don't want to hear that. Please don't tell me that. And, and I, I, I think it's important. God, God is doing something new. That's what he said to me. And, but but I, I worked out how it was going to come about and who was going to do it and when it was going to happen. And the reality is that's not what happened. It's time just hadn't come. Sometimes God does speak to you and you attach things to it that actually just are slightly off. You got the, they got the kernel of it. And my encouragement is this. If you get the kernel of God saying something to you, then pray on into it. Stand on the fact that God's speaking to you. Pray on into it. But, but sometimes you have to wait. There's the waiting test. No, number, and, and this is linked. Number three, we give up before the miracle happens. You know, faith didn't fail us. God didn't fail us. We fail them. Why? Because God, God and faith require obedience in order to verify its credentials. And, and God has to sometimes reposition us to where a miracle can happen. Uh, and and our, our disobedience can be a major contributing factor for, the, for a seeming lack of results. It's really, really important to us. Most words of faith come without a time schedule. Okay? Most words of faith come without a time schedule attached, but we add the dates into the promise before God's appointed time. Therefore, you know something? Discouragement, despondency come and can all be contributing factors. Hebrew again, Hebrews again says, it's through faith and patience that we inherit. Don't give up. Press on in and stand on what God has said to you. 
Some of you today, including myself, are standing in promises about our children. That God would bring them back again. And yet sometimes it looks as if things have got worse before they get better. And I just want to pray for you today, right now. I, I just want to pray for you. If God has spoken to you about your kids coming back again, don't give up. Press on in. Don't put a time scale on it. You know, I take every positive as a win. I got a, I got a text from my daughter the other night, and she's, she's, uh, she lives in Cambridge, and not, not walking with the Lord. And uh, they'd gone up, they've got a, a holiday home in Southwold and the, the Sussex coast. And she said, Dad, you would love it here. She said, they're turning the Christmas lights on, and the vicar is doing a full-on gospel preach. And I went, yeah, Lord, speak to her. Break into her life, Lord. Go on, give it to her, you know. And, uh, she, so I, I take everyone as a win. But, Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, for Lord, for those of us who are praying for our children and even our grandchildren. Lord, some of our children who, who Lord, were, were baptized, confirmed the lot, and yet today are not walking with you. And Father, you've given some of us promises about them coming back to the table again and coming back to the Lord. And Father, we stand on those promises today. And we say, Lord, would you do it in your time? We don't want to put a time scale on it. But Lord, would you do it soon? And Father, would you move by your spirit, wherever they are today, whatever they're doing, wherever they were last night, break into their lives, break into their hearts, Father, and draw them to you again. My encouragement is this, that God cannot fail. He's made all the resources of heaven available to us. And if he's made a promise to you, it'll come to pass. Number four, sometimes other people are to blame. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, well, I think we've made faith so, so, so uh, individualistic. That it's all about my believing and the blame falls on us if our plans fail. You know, I love the story in Luke chapter 5 where the, the four bring their friend, you know, they remove the roof and they lower him down into it, into the thing. And Jesus says, when he saw their faith. And there's something about corporate faith that actually does something. And, and, uh, that, uh, and let's not neglect other people's issues. Uh, you know, when you go to the, the pronouns in the Psalms, they're all about we, us, and our. We're all about pronouns today. We, us, and our. It's about us together. And, and there's sometimes we just lock into something and we say, well, the Lord failed me. But actually, it's because we, we didn't have others standing around us. I, I would encourage you today, if you're standing for something and you're believing God for something and you, you feel God's given you a specific word of faith, and you know something, get your friends around, get them to pray for you okay because there's something about us doing it together that that uh, that really challenges us and and um, and, and sees us have a breakthrough i i many many years ago again uh, we were in cfc and one day i came out and the uh, a man said to me are you the are you the minister elevated and i said yes and he said uh, he said, look, I own, we have a block of five houses beside us. And I, and I, he said, I, we own, I own four of these houses, and I'm going to sell the one next to you. Would you be interested in buying it? And I just felt the Lord said to me, buy that house. And I, this is exactly how it went down. And I said to him, I said, how much are you looking for? 37000 Hey, 
And, uh, and he said, uh, no, I said, he said 37. I said, would you take 35? He said, I'll take 36. And honestly, we spat on our hands and shook hands on it. And I, it was 10 to 5 on a Saturday night, on a Friday night. And I went up and said to Priscilla, said, anything unusual happened today? Well, actually, I just bought a house. And, uh, and uh, so I, I, you know, on the Monday, I, I, I announced it to the church that we'd done that. And within 10 minutes, you know, we, we paid it off in cash, etc. But of course, what happened was we had to change the planning. And I, I, we had one of our elders was in the planning department. And he said, we're not getting planning for this. They're not going to do it for us. Uh, but we, we, we had, we'd agreed the price. We'd done everything, but we hadn't signed for it. And uh, I remember it as well as, as well as it was yesterday. It was the 10th of July. And we got word we weren't getting it, and uh, weren't getting planning. And uh, I was to go down later that day and sign for the house. So there's no point in having it if we couldn't change planning on it. But I, and I, so I said, everybody, a lot of people were on holidays, and I got, uh, I got our youth pastor. He was the only one there, and the two of us got down on our knees in my office and we prayed and said, Lord, would you speak to us? I have a big decision to make here because I, I can pull out of this or I can sign it. And uh, both of us felt the Lord was in it. And uh, we, I went down and signed it, even though we hadn't planned. And uh, we, we, uh, it was, and then whenever I went up, told Priscilla again, she nearly beat me to death, and uh, and said, "Are you out of your mind?" I said, "God spoke to us. God spoke to us, and we've got a word of faith on it, and we're standing on the faithfulness of God. And if you get that word, listen." You behave as if it's already happened. So I said, I said, what will I do? And I prayed. I have a confession to make. The head of the planning department, the head of the uh, planning committee in the city hall uh, was a friend of mine. I went to school with him. <laughs> Sammy Wilson. <laughs> and I phoned Sammy. I said, Sammy, I've got a problem here. He said, uh, I told him what it was, and he said, uh, leave it with me, Paul. Half an hour later, he said, we have a meeting tomorrow morning, 11th of July, at the planning office at 10 o'clock in Bedford Street, be there. I met him outside, the two of us went up. The head of planning was sitting at a table, the guy who turned it down, and Sammy and I, and the head of planning, I went to school with him as well, <laughs> Bill Morrison. That's honestly... And he said, sorry, we can't do this because it's extending the, the, the line beyond where we've gone. We, we, we drew the line at Gelson's Corner. And Sammy said, well, you've created a precedent in Fisherwick Presbyterian. And they went and got the file, flipped it open and said, yeah, they'd got planning for a house for a counselling centre in, uh, in, uh, beside them. And uh, they said, well, we'll take another look at it. Two weeks later, we got the word, we got planning. That deserves a round of applause, I think, doesn't it? But what am I saying? I'm saying, you know, when Peter and I came together on our knees, together, we both felt, I don't think I could have done it on my own. But I got this, I got there something. Draw other people into it. Uh, number five, I'm nearly there. God withheld the miracle. And I think sometimes we go beyond the bounds of our faith and we believe stuff beyond of which our, our maturity level, I'd pay it like that. So, so uh, you know, pray within your level of faith. Let me give you two examples. I, I had a, a minister, a uh, Church of Ireland minister actually, came to me one day and he said, uh, I'm going to start a new 
work up uh, in North Belfast. I said, well, it really needs it. That's good. And, and he said, yeah, I've got faith for 5,000 people. I said, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I started, I started with 11. And he said, well, I've only got eight. And, and he said, what would your advice be? I said, what's your plan to get to 30? He said, I never thought about that. And I thought to myself, so you're going to wake up one day, you have eight people, and then and, and two days later you've got 5,000 outside. You know, it's, it's, it's beyond, it, was beyond, it, it, it was beyond his maturity level. If he said to me, well, actually, we're going to work in six, six months, actually, really feel the Lord said to us, we're going to have double our number, 16. I could say, well, that's fine. I'll stand with you not. But when he said 5,000, I thought, there's something not quite right here. And there's something about, there's something about praying within your, the level of your faith. Another one is I've got I've got a friends who literally fifty years in um, in France as missionaries and they say they tell the story they went to language school they went to they went to a particular town in the centre of France where there weren't very few Christians and uh, and the, every day they would they, they would get up and pray and Lord would you save France would you save France and one day one day the Lord spoke to them and said you don't really believe that do you saving what does that even mean Lord save France. And, and, they, and they, were, they got a bit down, and they felt the Lord say, well, what could you believe for? He said, well, that we could have a conversation with our next-door neighbor. Could you believe that? Yeah. And so, so they, they prayed, Lord, let us make. So guess what? The neighbor's out, and he's mowing his lawn, and the lawnmower breaks, and our friend, uh, Alan, he jumps over the fence, and he's, a, he's an engineer, and fixed the lawnmower. So, hey, God answered their prayer. And they said, well, what could you believe now? That actually, that we'll go and ask them for dinner and we'll have a conversation with them. And, and they, they prayed, Lord, we'll really believe that. And the, next, the very next day, the neighbor came in and said, I just want to talk to you. He said, uh, would you come for dinner tomorrow night? He said, just as a thanks for fixing my lawnmower. Wow, their faith's up. What could you believe for? That we have a conversation about Christ. So they said, without it being forced, so they go in, they sit down, and within five minutes, the minister says to them, or they, the neighbor says to them, where do you go every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock? <laughs> boom, boom. And guess what? They were the first converts that they saw. Why? Because they prayed within the levels of their faith. If, you, if you're looking for a, a million pounds and you've never seen God come through with 10 pounds, you're probably not going to see it. Pray within the level of your maturity because I think oftenly God takes into account our increasing maturity levels and our ability to handle responsibilities. Remember, God's, God's our Father, not our miracle assistant. And he won't give you things you can't handle. So sometimes you've got to, you've got to go, okay, do not go beyond the level of your faith. And a number, number six, and finally, God has a higher plan. Ultimately, no matter what happens, ultimately, no matter what happens, if it's, if it's one minute to 12 or it's half one, God, God's plan is, de God is a default. Why? Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his dreams are higher than our dreams and, and, and they'll always be higher. And it works out sometimes, works out, but not sometimes in the way that we think it will. Because God, remember this, God will always do what he promised. It's just that we get confused. And sometimes God will do it in his time and not ours. I always think of Moses. You know, Moses uh, never got into the promised land. Uh, why? Because he, he, he struck the rock twice. And there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons behind that and, and what it meant. Uh, and and I, I've often thought, poor old Moses. He got to see it. 
but he never got there. But actually, go to the New Testament. Here he's, him and Elijah are talking to Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration. He got there after all, just not in the time he thought it would, that he thought he would. And sometimes God won't be boxed. Often it's not through a lack of faith that our plans fail. It's through an absence of faith. And it must therefore be said that those plans may never have been actually the plans of God. You can't make up faith. You can't psych yourself into faith and saying, if we only believe more. Honestly, when God speaks to you, you stand on it with absolute certainty and you act on it as if it's already happened. That's what faith is. That's what it does. Because God is a rewarder of those who seek him and who put their faith in him. And so you started this race by faith in Christ. Keep on. It's how you got started. Don't get sidetracked. And there comes a time when all you can do is stand still and let God be God in your life. Let me give you a couple of things as I finish now. And it's simply this. Um, ask always believing in the goodness of God. No matter what happens, remember C.S. Lewis said, God wants the best for us. We just don't know how painful that's going to be sometimes. Sometimes we need patience. Sometimes we need to press on through and don't give up. Other times we need to join with others. Let's pray for what we have genuine faith for and let God be God.